On today's show, Swipe and I are going to do our final analysis of the Damian Lillard trade. I hope it's the final analysis of the Damian Lillard trade. Talk about Drew Holiday on the move and also look at the best duos in the NBA. Are Jokic and Murray still at the top? We'll debate. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Mares, and I am joined by my guy, Swipe Cam. Swipe, what's going on, brother? Man, it's, just a, it's a great day. The NBA is back in full force, and we got a lot of news that we tapped into this week. And you know what? All that means is media day is right around the corner. Media day is around the corner, training camp right after that. So this is our final show of the offseason. Matt and I will be back Sunday night kind of previewing media day, but we'll go ahead and call it. That'll be the official preseason portion um, next week. But today we are still breaking down this big trade. It's a big deal. Um, and there's a lot of layers to it. Matt Moore did a show late last night. So if you're catching this one on podcast and you want more Nuggets coverage, don't forget, go back and check out yesterday's pod with Matt Moore uh, and get his perspective on this as well. So he talked about the trade. A lot of people have broken it down about what it means for the Bucs. Let's forget about that, Swipa. I want to know. I've always felt like the Bucs were a great matchup for the Nuggets. Because Jokic can guard Giannis. I know people think that's crazy, but he's a, it's a good matchup. We've seen it in international competition. We've seen it in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's defense, Denver just always carved it up. Mm -hmm. but Denver struggles with the high pick and roll and with players pulling up off the three. And that's what this team's going to do. Are they a better or worse matchup now for the Nuggets if they were to meet in the finals? Well, it depends on how you look at it. I think defensively they're going to make it harder on the Nuggets because the fact that Damian Lillard, I think being a pull-up shooter, you know, from 35 feet in, and then obviously the high screen pick and roll with, I mean, for me it's more Brook Lopez. I think that pick and pop with Brook and Bobby Portis is actually going to be probably a little bit more problematic for them. I think Giannis rolling downhill is one thing, but if you're telling me that you're settling for, instead of a Dame Lillard three, uh, Giannis rolled downhill for a two-point bucket. You know, I think that's just – that works in their favor a little bit. I do think that it can present some unique challenges for them defensively. But I, mean, I got to be honest with you, Adam. I think that they're going to be really good. I think that they're going to be the number one team in the East more than likely. But I don't know if people watch the way the Nuggets play basketball. They're going to target <laughs> Damian Lillard and Pat yeah. Connington over and over and over again. And then on top of this, they're just going to bring Giannis up out of that pick and roll as well. So if Giannis is going to come up out of the pick and roll, then basically they're going to say, then it's going to be Jokic versus whoever at the rim. Or if they bring Brooke Lopez out of that pick and roll, then it's going to be Giannis and Jokic at the rim. And even in that matchup, like I think for people that have watched Jokic play at all, that's just not something that's going to phase him. And so if you're leaving a three and one opportunity for them for to be able to make mincemeat of your big at the rim and then try to distribute the ball to the corners, like, I think defensively, this is going to be – let me ask you this. Do you think that the Milwaukee Bucks, as currently constructed, Damian Lillard, Pat Connington, uh, you got Bo, uh, you got uh, you got Marjan Beauchamp, and then Jay Crowder, do you foresee that being a top three, top four defense in a playoff setting as currently constructed? No. I don't know that they're going to be as dynamic defensively uh, as they have been in the past. And I think yeah. even the scheme, like Brooke Lopez, as good as he's been – you know, when you have good perimeter defenders, it allows you to be a drop and rim protector. When you don't, that means there's more space to cover. It's a lot harder. You find yourself out on an island. And on top of that, he's 35 years old. You know, like, for, especially for seven foot, 280 pound guys, I know players are playing longer, 
But for big guys like that, every age, the risk factor goes up for injury, the slowing down factor and all those different things. So I do think that they probably take a pretty sizable step back defensively. And specifically when we talk about, I mean, for me, I almost forget the Eastern Conference. I'll watch that battle play out. I just think about mm-hmm. when Denver gets to the finals, they're going to play the best of the East. So they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to play a good team. I just look at it, is it a tough matchup? And I think Denver already scored on Milwaukee really well. Right. Milwaukee scored on Denver really well, just not quite as well as Denver scored on Milwaukee. Will Denver score on Milwaukee easier? Probably a little bit for the reasons you're saying. They have now targets that are going to be on the court and they're going to score. But Denver was already carving them up. Jokic was getting fastest triple-doubles of all time. He was putting up monster triple-doubles. I do look at it, though, and I say Denver, the teams that scare me in the NBA for Denver, teams like the Warriors with Steph Curry, uh, that could spread you out. Dallas, who can run five out as well, even though I think Dallas is probably just not good enough. But the style, I'm just saying style-wise, they spread you out. They play five out. And now I look at this Bucks team, and I just think that the Damian Lillard piece of this is going to be really, really hard. The Damian Lillard-Giannis piece of this is going to be especially hard for Denver. And Denver in the playoffs has won some games, a lot or a lot of series, based on the fact that their role man was not dynamic. You think about Rudy Gobert in that Utah series. Denver started saying, we're going to make him make plays on the roll, and the series flipped. DeAndre Ayton wasn't able to do that at a consistently high level. Um, They've had series like this. I look at it and I go, Giannis, really good at that. That's a strength. So to me, I do think that they make themselves a more difficult matchup, even if I think they're easier to score on. Yeah, I mean, again, they're going to arguably had the best record in the NBA. You know, they have a top two or three player, depending on, you know, how you value Giannis and Steph and Jokic. I do think that they're going to be extremely formidable. I think Damian Lillard's going to have some of those Dame time games where it's like, you know, he has a 40 ball here and there, and it's just like, man, bro, like by the time they get to the playoffs or even in the finals matchup, you know, that's just going to be something that you're really going to have to deal with. But here's what I'll say, Adam. I think with the Nuggets, having Jamal, KCP, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and then depending on, you know, what happened with Justin Holiday, and then obviously Reggie Jackson and them, they're still going to have options that they can throw at Dame. And because of the way they, they play so aggressive at the level, that a lot of this, as you said, is going to come down to, okay, so AG or MPJ, when you are rotating back up to Giannis, are you able to, again, not stonewall and stop, are you able to make him stop soon enough where he has to make an immediate decision with the basketball? And that's really where Giannis struggles. Now, if you give him one, two steps, it's over. Like, you know, at that point, he's going to the rim or making a pass to the corner. But I think making him make very quick decisions to middle of the Miami he did, that's going to have to be a lot of the solution there. But, I mean, either way, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. And I think it's funny now kind of how the narrative has shifted uh, around the Nuggets in particular. Um, I do think that even if they dig into a series with the Bucks, they would be an underdog more than likely going into it. There's no question. I mean, we already see the odds, you know, for, for how it shakes out. You pulled these up, right? Denver comes in yeah. fourth now. Yeah, so the Milwaukee Bucks now have the best odds of winning the NBA championship. Uh, and then also after them is the Boston Celtics. And then after them is now the Phoenix Suns. So Denver, after winning, going 16-4 and in the playoff, now it's the fourth best odds of winning a championship. I, here's what's funny, man. I don't mind the Bucks thing. Like, there's hype. This happens all the time when there's a big trade. The, the, the yeah. hype goes. The, the sports books are just trying to get the money on each side. And so, okay, we're going to set the odds there. Boston, all right, they made the Porzingis deal. Maybe some people are a little more optimistic. We never know everybody was optimistic about them last year. Phoenix is the one that just blows my mind. Did Phoenix get better on this deal? Well, here's the thing. I think, ostensibly, 
you think they got better because they have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and then now in a lot of people's minds in the narrative, Yusuf Nurkic, and then you get Grayson Allen, Nasir Little. They have these pieces on their bench. Why no Yuta? Uh, like they have these players that you think gives them a deeper rotation. Um, but Adam, again, I'm asking the same question. I think the same thing I asked last year in a February trade. Who's playing defense for the Suns? I'm asking it now in 2023. Who is playing defense for them? They're going to have Kevin Durant going into back-to-back season that's their best defender. And I'm asking the world. Well, if I, all right, all right let, me, let me interrupt here. Let me interrupt. Go ahead. Because I saw Nate Jones, who a, a guy on the timeline I really like, close to Damian Lillard, uh, works in sports business, usually has good basketball takes. Last night he said, Aiden's a better player than Nurkic, but Nurkic is a better matchup against Jokic than Aiden was. And he's watching them in, in Portland. Now, let me say this. Jokic, in the playoffs two years ago when he, when they beat him, they won because Jokic kept fouling out Nurkic. But Nurkic won, yeah. or I should say the Blazers won, the minutes when Nurkic was on yeah. the court with Jokic. It's just then he would keep fouling him out. So you can make minutes. the argument, hey, he has sort of done a good enough job in, the, in that setting. The only reason I would push back on that is they didn't have Jamal Murray. That was like Jokic handicapped at the knees. He could only run basically his offense, you know, post-ups and this right. and that. Give him pick and roll to me. That's what Nurkic can't guard even at any level. So well, remember, they, they also were missing Will Barton in that series too. Like in Monte, obviously, was obviously him. They, they were just decimated in the backcourt, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and Monte, as that series went on, actually started making a huge impact with his hesitation yeah. stuff and getting to the rim and really stunning Nurkic. So yeah. uh, I think as that series went on, they solved Nurkic more even without Murray as their as their go-to guy. But um, but I don't know. I mean, here's my take. I think they're equal. I don't think either one of them guard Jokic very well. I think he saw both of them, but I don't think it's a downgrade. Uh, I don't know. I think, here's what I'll say. I think on a uh, matchup basis, if you want to say that you think Nurkic and Aiden are going to do the exact same, which it's a zero uh, versus Jokic, <laughs> then that's fine. But I do think just – I just think that DeAndre Ayton has just been the way he's been talked about and like the way that the the not just the media, but the Suns have tried to like paint him as the issue they were struggling defensively. Again, remember 2021, they had a top 10 defense, largely because of DeAndre Ayton with Mikael Bridget, with Jay Crowder, but it was Ayton that's like the anchor of that. Even last year in the regular season, they were top 10, largely because of DeAndre Ayton's presence. Like he's not the best rim protector but he moves well positionally for a center. He's a good to decent rim protector at times. And he's also an extremely stout body, and his athleticism helps him there. Nurkic isn't athletic. He's worse horizontally. He's worse as a pick-and-roll player. And he also is very undisciplined, as you noted, in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I just feel like Aiden, and I'm actually now at this point, I'm like almost rooting for Aiden with Scoot Henderson to have a 20-12 and 12 year to be like, <laughs> shut everybody up. Just to be like everybody blaming me, but look, he wasn't there in Game Six it, it, when they got well, run off the court. Well, this is part of it, Swipe, but he wasn't there in Game Six, and I think you know they have long not liked Aiden. They've long right. not liked. Him. They've not right. long wondered if he was really about it. You know, if he's a guy, a foxhole guy, you can you can yeah, count yeah. on. And I think that's it. But the funny thing is, and we all we know this from following his stint in Denver, and to be honest, even following his stint in Portland, Nurkic isn't about it either. That's a guy that. Likes to, you know, he when they're up, he's gonna he's gonna fit so perfectly in Phoenix because when they, if they're they're gonna beat a team in the first round, and him and Booker and KD and all those guys are gonna be talking so much trash and strutting around the court all confident. But if you punch him in the mouth, 
I think Nurkic is just like Aiton in that if he looks like he doesn't know what to do, he's just going to wilt and he's going to get worse and worse. So I don't know. I look at the Suns one. I don't feel any. I don't really feel any different, you know, about the Suns now than I did before yeah. the trade. But I do look at the Bucks and I say I think that they are now a really tough matchup for Denver. And if that was in the finals. Denver would have to do some things defensively. They have not yet proven they can do at that level. It'll be interesting to see. Let's take a break on the other side. Perhaps the more interesting move to come for Denver is if Drew Holiday goes to a Western Conference contender. We'll talk about that on the other side. Swipe, I got to tell you, though, man, I am a little bit addicted to DoorDash. I get it. I almost ordered a coffee today on DoorDash because I was running a little bit behind. I wasn't going to be able to go get a coffee. I almost ordered a coffee on DoorDash. I decided against it. It is National Coffee Day. But right now, DoorDash is really making a push with their grocery delivery. You can stock up for the week or you can get last-minute cravings like my coffee or coffee creamer. You can order that last minute with DoorDash. Burnt your last piece of toast. You don't have anything for breakfast. DoorDash, they'll bring it right to you. Avocado's gone bad. Get some new ones. DoorDash right to you. And right now you get 50% off of DoorDash order up to $20 in value when you use code LOCKEDONMBA at checkout. This is a limited time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app at the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget that code LOCKEDONMBA for 50% off your order with DoorDash. We'll be right back with more Locked On Nuggets. All right, back here, segment two, Locked on Nuggets. I'm with Swipe a Cam. So Swipe a, now Drew Holiday is sitting there. I actually think this is a great trade for Portland. Just I, I think the structure of it, getting Aiton to pair with Scoot is a good, all right, you have a foundation. You've got Jeremy Grant now to trade you, if you if you want to. You've got uh, obviously Drew Holiday. I feel like you can get a really good reset on your, uh, you know, into a new era with this trade. But Drew Holiday likely going to be traded again here very soon. Where do you think he would make the biggest impact specifically to the Denver Nuggets? So what team are you worried he would go to if you're the Denver Nuggets? Uh, I mean, I think if you're a fan of basketball, I think all of us would love to see what would Drew Holiday, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard look like as like a, a like a backcourt, you know, defensively. You don't think that would be a good? A good it would be. A, you're right. You're right. Defensively, that could be a real scary, scary group of defenders. Right. Yeah, I think the Clippers would be a great fit for him. You know, somebody uh, kind of rolled out the idea. What about the Sacramento Kings? Which that would have to be a cave, like a Kayvon Herder. Um, I mean, Kayvon Herder, Davion Mitchell. Wait, well, you know. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so I, are you familiar with that in Atlanta, yeah, yeah, how that got started? Okay, right, right. <laughs> so I think I think having heard her, I think Davion Mitchell trade would be good. Do you think he'd be good next to Fox? I do. I, I disagreed with the DNVR guys last night. I was kind of on an island with this one. But for me, it's not necessarily a natural pairing, and I don't know if it's, uh, you know, like I don't know how good that team would be as a whole. But if you talk about a backcourt, matchups, it's the same with like Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon. There's nobody – no team has guys tall enough to guard Michael Porter unless that tall guy is big enough to guard Aaron Gordon. No team has two of those guys. I think it's the same way with Drew and De'Aaron Fox. You're not going to have, you know, Drew's going to lock up somebody, and then De'Aaron Fox is too fast for the other guy. So it, to me, it would be a real pick your poison with those two guys. Do you think? Do I think De'Aaron Fox would get better if he had to play next to a player like that who's a solidified, maybe best POA in the NBA, also can give you a 25 and five level guy? 
again, in a, in the playoffs, I think we all have seen that Drew Holiday is just not a, a positive offensive player consistently enough past the first round. But Drew Holiday is incredible. So I think Drew with the Clippers, Drew with the Kings, I mean, the worst nightmare uh, for, I think, Nuggets fans would be like Drew Holiday with the Lakers on December 15th or something like that. They, like, scrum together Austin Reeves or whatever, then they're able to put Drew and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Now, that would absolutely be terrifying. Um, but I think it those would, And it would, by the way, first of all, real quick, Drew Holiday can guard Murray. He's one of the guys that you look at and say, hey, that's a tough matchup for Murray, man. He's going to make yeah. his life really, really tough. And if you have Anthony Davis as well, I know Jokic has taken Anthony Davis to task. But part of that is having, you know, the better you can show up the Murray piece of this, the easier it is to hone in on the Jokic piece of that. So for me, that would be a real concern. What about you? Do you have anybody that you think you would fit best with? Well, East or West? I'm curious about what you think of New Orleans. Just because New Orleans is this team to me that is like, they're like the Clippers to me. Have they, they've almost, they, the Clippers have proven a little bit more than New Orleans, but still, they're just a theoretical team. But to me, I think people discount that because they haven't gotten over the hump. I look at it and I go, Zion's tough. Ingram's a good scorer. Drew Holiday there is like an adult who can maybe tie him together and bring some more defense. So they're, they're a team to me that would be primed for a real quick glow up. And then on top of that, I can get rid of the C.J. McCollum deal. Sign me up. Yeah. So, yeah, Drew Holiday, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels in the backcourt. Trey, Trey Murphy got hurt. I think he's out for a yeah. week. How long is yeah. he? Is he out all year or is he out for just no, – I don't think years? it's all year. I think it's for a few months, though. A good portion of it. That's my yeah, guy. But you saw Verb Jones. Like, you could put together yep. a defensive lineup, you know, that, that would be pretty impressive with all their wings. Dyson yeah, I mean, Zion has not played, I think, more than 30 games once. So, obviously, you would need to, that to work. But I, yeah, I, get, look, there. I get the eye roll with whenever you say New Orleans, right? Because they haven't been healthy. They haven't put it together, this or that. But I would just say, if there was a team, if New Orleans, let's say they're an eight seed and Denver's a one seed, and they have had the exact same year they've had for the last two, three seasons, but they're fully healthy about March 15th and they play fully healthy going to the playoffs. Don't you feel like that's a scary eight seed? That's not like a typical eight seed. That would be a man. These guys are kind of uh, you know they're sneaky good. At scarier least for than, scarier than the Miami Heat being the eight seed. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying, I, mean, I, think it, I think it would be a mystery box. They're a mystery box team that has mystery. Yeah, Zion is incredible. Zion Zion would be he would be an efficient twenty seven on like a sixty two through shooting. Again, they're Valanciunas. Again, remember Valanciunas at one point in time was shooting like 42% from three last year. And then he tailed off as the year went on. So, yeah, like, yeah, Valanciunas is hitting his threes. And then you got Drew and then Brandon Ingram, who I don't I don't love Brandon Ingram, but I think he's a really good player. But, yeah, I mean, they have a lot of talent, a lot of young depth. Yeah, they would be – that would be – absolutely. That would be a team that you have to really scrap against for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any other ones. I mean, there's a lot of Eastern Conference teams. How would, let me ask you this. How would you feel with Drew if he went to OKC with Shea? I would feel like it would be really weird. I don't think OKC will do it. I don't know if you saw Sam Presti's comments at Media Day. I mean, he sounded like a guy that had no interest in speeding up his process. Yeah. Um, so I don't well, he noted the Denver Nuggets, too. What's that? He noted the Denver Nuggets as well. He did note the Denver Nuggets as them being the slow-build team. Um Here's the thing. Lou Dort is like Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is just better. To me, I'd know what I, that would look like. It'd be a better version of the thing they do right now, but I don't think it would be good enough for me to be truly concerned about it. Um, if you were if you were Boston, then would you throw everything in to get Drew Holiday on that roster? Well, what's everything? Because I think what Portland wants is future assets, future picks. So, 
Malcolm, they have all their picks. They have Malcolm Brogdon, and they have a swap, I think, with the uh, a top four protected pick with the Warriors, I believe. So they would have so, Malcolm Brogdon. Really, when you say would you throw everything in, you're talking about future assets, which the answer is always yes. If your title window is yeah. open, especially if you haven't won it yet, I don't care about draft picks in eight years from now. You throw right. those in to open your window wider. And if you're talking about Malcolm Brogdon, of course. like <laughs> They don't like him. Right. And Drew Holiday's a better player. So there's no question if you're Boston, you would, you would try to make – would that you be really, willing to give up Derek White instead? If man, that's what that, the Trailblazers are asking. That's a really interesting one. I don't know why the Trailblazers would ask that, so I don't know that it's realistic. But the answer is yes. I mean, Drew Holiday's way better than Derek White, and you do it. You know, even even if Derek White is fits in great, is loved there, and is kind of a different type of player that maybe Boston really needs. I actually think they do right. need it. Um, what about the Warriors? I've seen them rumored. Mm, look, they so what I my the vibe I'm getting from uh, some of the Warriors is, I think ostensibly again second time I use that word this to show. I, I love it, man. Drew Holiday with yes with Steph Curry, great. Drew Holiday, it's the same it, same issue though, Adam. Who's going to the bench? I know. It shouldn't be Drew in that instance. Drew should not be going to the bench. He's a better player than Clay. He's a better player than Andrew Wiggins. Well, one of them ain't going to the bench. It's going to be Drew. So I think for you, do you think that would be redundant for them to say, hey, Drew, come on in for CP3, and we're going to get rid of Moses Moody or Kaminga in this deal and come sit on the bench for the first, I don't know, 35 games of the year? I just think the Warriors would make it work. And I and I th- I, like I had when we were talking about, um, you know, front court and back court defenses that can match up with Denver, to me – you put the you put Drew Holiday on the Warriors and they match up with the Nuggets. Okay, well he's going to guard Murray and it's, that's going to be a good matchup. And then you have Draymond and, Cooney, uh, and Looney inside. That's a good matchup for Yoke. I know Yoke cooks him. Nobody stops Yoke. It's just do they make an impact? Those two do. So to yeah. me, I look at it and I go, you do sacrifice a lot of offense though. If you're going to play Looney, Draymond, and Drew together, yeah. even with Steph, that's not going to be a great offense. But defensively, I do think it's the pieces. Adam, I think you might be a little higher on the Warriors than I am right now. I think the Warriors are going to be fighting for the play-in. Because I think they're I mean, going to they have might, some injuries. season, they might. They're old. But even in the playoffs, like, their their interior defense is completely dependent on Draymond being able to be, like, a plus-four defender, which he is. But I think the issue is is now if, the, if they're going to play their best lineup, which is going to be them going small with Dre at the center, I'm sorry. Like, it's with Jamal and the rest of this roster and MPJ and Gordon and Jokic, I do think – let me say this. This is I, 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 I don't think their best option is Draymond at the center against them. Well, well then the offense is going to be future on the other side if they're going to have Kavon Looney playing. You know, their offense is going to be pretty rough. This is this is this is the kickback. Is I just think that their best way of stopping Denver, which I think they would do if they had Drew Holiday, I think they would do better than anyone in the NBA. But it would cost them so much that they might not be able to score even if they do stop Denver. Right, I agree. Is there, is there a, a dark horse, a Drew Holiday? Well, I guess the Heat. I don't know if that's dark horse. Though. I don't want to go Eastern here? Conference. The only reason I don't want to go Eastern okay. Conference is only one team can come out of the East. I'm not going to worry right. about Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia and my like. You got to worry about one team. The one in the West that I would say is a wild card, which I haven't even heard rumored or anything like that. But it's just one when I'm looking around and I think about. Actually, I guess there's two: Memphis and Minnesota. Now, again, very unlikely. I know Tim Conley loved Drew Holiday. I know that was a guy that he really, really liked, thought was a great player. I've long rumored about, hey, get rid of Carl Anthony Towns. You'd have to get a third team in because you've traded Carl Anthony Towns. You're not going to trade Gobert. He can't be traded. Like This is more just you have to pick something. You get a couple assets there. I just like Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday. Again, perimeter defense, interior defense, and a wing. 
How do you score with that lineup? It's going to be pretty yeah, ugly. And the, the worst defender they have on the, on that starting five will be Kyle Anderson, and he's a plus defender. So, yeah, that would be – That's a good defensive team right there. And then you just count on Anthony Edwards to kind of hero ball the offense, you know, far right. enough. Which, to be honest, it's not that crazy. Like, Gobert is not a great offensive player, but he is a good rim roller. So, like, it's not, yeah. it, he does have a job. So, they're a team. And then Memphis would be the other one where I just wonder, you know, I don't think anybody – you know, I don't think Memphis is necessarily looking to get rid of, you know, a jaw or this or that. But I just keep looking and wondering what they're going to look like in those first 25 games. And if they look around and go, hmm. Well, let me let me ask you this, because I heard this before. So if they traded for Drew, they're still at the they're still going to have Marcus Smart, John Morant, Desmond Bain. Uh, well, if you trade, ja, I mean, this, in this scenario, you're most likely trading. I mean, moving on from jaw and trying to pick what up. You're higher no on Jaw. Way. You're no higher. way. You're so much higher on Jaw than I am. Wait a minute. You're saying they should they would trade Ja Morant, all NBA Ja for Drew Holiday? I'm saying I like Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart. I will say this Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday, kind of redundant. Again, this isn't a one for one trade. You got to pick some things up along the way here. Right. But I look at it and I go, Bain and Marcus Smart, I like that backcourt. Ja, I've always thought was a player that is going to have great regular seasons and kill you in the playoffs. This is always so wait, Adam, by the way, I want you to know the, the other side of this is Scoot Henderson, John Morant, DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Simon, and Shaden Sharp, and DeAndre Ayton, and a pick and roll for the next four years with this, the Nuggets, by the way. This is, this is by the way, I think this is like the Carl Anthony Towns deal where it would have to be a third team because I don't know right. that Ja makes sense in Portland. So I think it's more of like you trade Ja for, for first-round picks and you send those away to, to get Ja. I just want everybody to know. I I think John Morant is arguably a, is a top twenty player in the league. I just I don't think unless unless Memphis he, he is the way though that Trey Young was a top twenty player to me. He oh is my the same way that that Trey Young was a top twenty player like four years ago when he went to the you conference. don't you don't like Trey Young either. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think it's just value. I think Drew Holiday because of how old he is. You know, he's thirty four. Where he is in his career, offensive limitations. I just don't think that would be the best deal for Memphis if they were to trade job. But I, but again, I'm even then like, would you trade Desmond Bain for Drew Holiday? Like, who? I guess you know what I mean. Would that be somebody you want to let go of? A six foot six. But, like, to be honest with you, if you're going to have any two of those three guys that they have, you probably don't need Drew just because you're not going to. Drew's not going to play the three. I think that right. you're going too small there. So, right. The, the truth is, you're probably not getting. Yeah, well, that's right. like the Michael Porter Jr. equation. Nuggets fans are asking about, like, would you trade right. through? And we're just like, well, no, you're you would take small. away from the strength. Right. Yeah, you become small then. Um, that one I definitely don't understand. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, though, Swiper, I'm going to give you some duos. you got to rank them for me or at least help me rank them uh, now to see if Jokic and Murray are still the best duo in the NBA. We'll do that on the other side. All right, final segment here. Locked on Nuggets, me and Swipa. So, a lot of people are going to have Giannis and Dame as the best duo in the NBA. Giannis, clearly a top two player in the NBA, in my opinion. Dame, I don't, does Dame show up in top tens? Is he still in the top ten? Uh, he's in, He's usually between nine and 14 on what I've seen. Okay. All right, so he's a top 15 player. We'll just say a top 14 player, whatever. But he's really good, and I think those pieces fit. So now I'm kind of wondering who you think is the best duo in the NBA. Do you think it's one of those two? Was there somebody else that was lingering, or do you think it's 
Or do you think that you have to go with what's proven before what's theoretical? So after the playoffs uh, in, in August, I had the top t- five list. I had Tatum and Brown at five, Jimmy Butler and Bam at four, LeBron and AD at three, Devin Booker and Durant at two, and Jamal and Jokic at one. So with this inclusion and assuming what they would be able to do in a playoff setting, I I mean, I probably would put them at they'll, – they'll be either two or three on my list. Again, uh, not only do I not need – I need to see it, but for me it's like I can't – I can't – and this is the issue I have with this. Uh, we just saw two players go 25-5-5 and for the first time ever do a playoff run and go 16-4, and and they're 26-28. and So even if you don't think Jamal Murray is as good of a player as Damian Lillard in a regular season setting, which I agree, I just – I don't think I could – I couldn't put them – uh, above them so i probably would have them two or three right now so if i'm with you man Jokic and murray i just i don't remember the last time i saw two players that fit so perfectly together and it's not just like when i look at damon and Giannis, they fit together in what they're capable of doing we don't know what their chemistry is and chemistry often takes a long time like for example damon Giannis will probably be have better chemistry next year than this year how good can they get their chemistry this year we'll find out the pieces, I think, almost certainly fit. I would be shocked if they don't fit. But Jokic and Murray fit, and their chemistry is unbelievable to the level that they. it seems like they share a brain. So for me, this is the whole truth of it, is that Jokic and Murray, to me, are number one. And I actually think the onus is on somebody else to prove that they're not uh, right. anything else. I think Giannis and Dame are two, though. And here's why. A lot of those names you mentioned, including and especially Booker and KD, they're both individually brilliant in a way that like helps each other, but not necessarily in a way that requires great chemistry. And I think Denver really found something with Kevin Durant last year in that forcing the ball up high and then doubling him from the top of the, you know, the top of the arc. There, there wasn't a two-man game that they went to to get out of that. They just kept getting trapped and having to pass the ball around and then and then scramble. So for me, I think they're just talented players, but I don't think they're a duo the way I anticipate Giannis and Dame are going to be a duo. Yeah, I mean, both of them are both two of the best pick and roll players in the league. And do you think they? Do you think there could be any? Uh, at, Adam, let me ask you this question: the basketball savant that you are, can you uh, predict any uh, inverted pick and rolls between Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo? I don't. Dame is so small. I, I think right. one of the things that is underrated about Jamal Murray is that he's huge. For a guard, mm-hmm. he's really big, and he does put his body on the line, you know, to set those screens. He's the, probably the best screener on the Nuggets, but he's big enough to absorb that contact in a way that hasn't really punished him so far in this right. career. Knock on wood. Whereas Dame, one, he's older and he's tiny, man. Dame is really yeah. tiny, and he's been injured a lot. You know, Dame has gone, has been banged up over the last couple of years. I mean, one of the questions is just going to be, can he even play? One of the things I think about when I think about how hard would the Bucks be in a finals. We have never seen Dame go four rounds. Never. And I'm and he would have to do and didn't play well in the Western Conference Finals either. So I kind of wonder if he's a guy that at this age in particular can go through the full season and four intense rounds the way he would probably have to. Um, but that oh. includes inverted screens. That just takes a lot out of a guy. Oh, and by the way, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo game played has gone down each of the last three years and also had a back injury last year. So even Giannis, like. You know, right. I, I I think you're right. I think both of them and Chris Middleton had injury issues. So, you know, that is again. I mean, we can say this about Denver too, right? You could talk about yeah. Michael Porter. You could talk. You know, you could do these things. So it's fair. Well, I think Porter it definitely fits that criteria. I, the reason I don't have Maul because I think an ACL injury is just like a freak injury, right? Like you know, but I will say I think 
that's what if they get to the playoffs and everybody's healthy, then I think they will they have a chance to run through the Eastern Conference for sure. And I think that that two man pairing is going to have gargantuan numbers between the two of them for sure. I think my number three duo in the NBA is LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, Booker again, Booker and KD, part of this is just they don't quite fit the duo for me. But part of this is I know we're always just going to look at Denver took six to get to rid themselves of the Suns and only four to get rid of the Lakers. I just look at those series and say they were kind of even. All of the four games against the Lakers were relatively close. Only right. two of the games against the Suns were close. The rest of them were blowouts. So right. for me, I, I don't know. Like I, I just think LeBron and AD work really well. I thought LeBron guarded Jokic better than anybody else in the entire NBA, which is kind of wild. Um, and they just didn't have a very good roster around those two guys last year. I don't think they do this year either. But if you just talk about duos, I still have them number three. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I thought about uh, changing them over after I actually made the list. So, yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think, you know, Jan Hunter Decoupo, Damian Lillard, the two, LeBron in number three, and then obviously, you know, Booker in number four. Would you, do you think, do you think, would you say Butler and and uh, Bam would be next, or do you think Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? I don't, I go neither. I go with Stephen Draymond. Okay. I still go with the original. I, I just think that those guys have proven it. Um, and, their two-man game is what Giannis and Dame hope theirs is. I mean, they hope it's even better, right? But I don't know if Giannis is the playmaker Dame is on the roll. I, th I think I think uh, Draymond. I think Draymond's better at that than, than Giannis will be. But Giannis is clearly a better scorer and puts more pressure on the, the scoring part of that. Right. But but that duo creates the same tension. I don't know if they have the pieces around it anymore. But I still think that that duo is just pretty much unguardable. Yeah, I can agree. I can see with that. Yeah. There are a lot of duos, though. So guys that did not make my – because then I go Jimmy and Bam actually at five. I had Stephen Draymond four, Jimmy and Bam at five. I, I put Booker and KD out of this mix. Again, here's my thing about duos. If there's something you can do to a duo that completely takes them out of what they're trying to do, I discount you. And for the Suns, that was trapping Kevin Durant. Denver trapped him, and then the Suns' entire game plan in games five and six was basically scrambling out of that – trap that didn't go to something else this is like Jokic and Murray there's nothing a team does where it's like oh man now they have to run some kind of gimmick or they have to run this type of thing they just they can pick you apart no matter what you're doing and that's why Booker and KD to me are a little bit lower Tatum and Brown same it's kind of similar thing to be honest with yeah. you like those guys are both individually brilliant but we saw what happened when if there's defenses that throw you out that's what happens I think Harden and Embiid are still in my honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're not going to play together most likely, but those guys were great. That's what's crazy about it. Kawhi and Paul George, yeah. and then Luka and Kyrie, and the, those are my last honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I like that. I think the easiest, though, for me is number one. Honestly, of the whole list, the easiest one for me to sort out is until somebody slows this team down or slows that duo down, Jokic and Murray is my number one duo. Swipe up. We made it. We made it through the offseason. Mm -hmm. With the conclusion of this podcast, we are officially done with the offseason. It's not quite the on-season yet. It's just the preseason starting up. But uh, everybody at home, rest up. Go out, go to the mountains, go do something fun for the weekend, kind of unplug, because <laughs> when we come back with Monday's show, it's go time. Yep, yep. And everybody's going to be stressed for the next several months. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> go, go relax and enjoy yourself while you can, for sure. 
Everybody, thanks for listening to the Friday edition of Locked on Nuggets. Hit that like button for us on the way out. If you have not yet left a five-star rating and review, do so for Swipa, man. Give him a shout-out. Tell him you're glad that he's joining the show and will be with us all year. We'll see you guys next week.